right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, brought to you by Built Bar, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Today, we will be talking about Philip Grubauer. And some crazy off, I say off season, uh, technically it kind of is some crazy off season workouts he's been doing, which he says daily. We're going to talk about that good article in the athletic polling, a very small sample of players and asking them a very basic question and not, I mean, the, the response is maybe predictable, but when you dig deeper into their answers, uh, some some good stuff in there, a lot of which I agree with. And finally, Wayne Gretzky, the great one, was asked a question about who he would want to play with uh, as far as line mates if he was playing today. Very interesting answer. Maybe not so much, again, not so much the answer that surprises you, uh, but there's some honorable mentions that might not make Avalanche fans too happy. So we'll get into all of that stuff. But like we always do, first things first, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything on your mind to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So it's the offseason. Players are doing whatever they're doing. So most of them, I would say all of them, are probably struggling to find ice to skate on unless you built one in in your backyard home, which some of them have the money to do that. Most don't. Uh, But they're they're just struggling to get on ice. So you know that they're going to stay in shape somehow. Um, That's not the issue. Obviously, the issue is just skating. But Philip Grubauer is, uh, you know, it went, whenever he comes back because he got hurt, or I should say whenever the league comes back, he's going to come back with the league uh, because he is 100% right now. He got hurt during the Stadium Series game and by all accounts was getting ready to come back if the season had progressed. Probably within the next couple games, no longer than a week, uh, he was not going to be out for much longer than than a week before the before he would have come back. But this season was suspended, and we are where we are. So what he has uh, something that he has always wanted to do, uh, and that's become a cyclist. And he is cycling about a hundred miles per day. Um, he, let's see where, so he said shortly before the lockdown, uh, he was ready to go. So it hurts even, it hurts him even a little bit more. Uh, at the time he, they had many injuries, many important players were sidelined. So the pause came at a good time and everybody wanted to play hockey, uh, with the public rinks being closed around Colorado. And he has stayed in Colorado. He is not a guy that went back home. So he stayed in Colorado. Um, and he's concerned, and this is a good point. His hand-eye co- coordination is pretty much at the zero point. You don't get 500 or 600 shots fired in your direction each day. If you don't have that for three or two weeks, then you're losing it, but it should come back fast. 
you can't work or you can work with a tennis ball and a tennis racket. Uh, this is what I'm saying. Like they're coming up with ways to substitute for what they would normally get on ice. And that's a good one. Having tennis balls whacked at you at a high rate of speed while it's not a hockey puck. Uh, it gets you some some work in. But the one thing he is definitely doing is cycling. Uh, I said the Rocky Mountains are one reason why he, I wanted to stay here in Denver. I bought a racing bike and I am cycling about 100 miles per day as well as doing workouts with weights. I love to go hiking in the mountains as well, but you have to watch out that there are not too many because there are not too many people out there, which wouldn't be good. He prefers cycling. So uh, we are going to get maybe the most in-shape Philip Grubauer, maybe the most in-shape goalie uh, whenever this season returns. And I'm sure this, when you do something like that, that's something that you make sure you keep doing. If you're doing 100 miles a day, uh, you know, if, if they were to come out tomorrow and say, oh, you know, we're not, we're, we can't get the season in, we're done with it. It's not something you would just drop off doing. So whether or not this season comes back, uh, even if it's next year or next season, Philip Grubauer is going to be in shape. Now, he is working with weights, which is good because if you're doing 100 miles a day, that's a ton of cardio, and you will lose a lot of body mass just doing that, which is not what you want as a goalie, but it will help your athleticism. Uh, but you don't want to be so undersized as a goalie. So it's good to see that he said he's still including weights in that. But... Uh, you know, it's interesting to see what these guys are doing to, to pass the time. They're all in shape and they're all probably staying in shape. Um, but they have to come up with creative ways. And, you know, Philip Grubauer seems to have found uh, a couple things that work for him and cycling is one of them. And that's, you know, now is the time. And this just goes for anybody out there. <laughs> if you're, if you ever wanted to do something, uh, I know you think that you're kind of just stuck in your house and you, and you very well might be, but go cycle a hundred miles a day. Philip Grubauer is doing it. So why can't you, right? <laughs> and if you do decide to go cycle a hundred miles a day or even 50 miles a day, or just do something, uh, check out built bar because the, Industry with energy bars and nutrition bars is kind of saturated. It's become a hot topic uh, and a hot product over the past several years. And you would think the market is flooded, and it is, and people have their favorites. But I am telling you, I am hooked on Built Bar. We, we got a sample box in the mail. Every single one that I have tried so far has been on point with taste it's not gritty it tastes like an actual candy bar i'm just going to throw out some of the flavors at you um and take your pick on which one is good i told you last episode i'm a peanut butter aficionado the peanut butter one is fantastic banana nut bread coconut almond my wife tried that one so far that's her favorite if you like girl scout cookies it tastes like a samoa cookie almost uh peanut butter brownie toffee almond Mocha chocolate cream, mint brownie delight, banana chocolate cream. It's crazy the amount of flavors that they have. All of them 100% chocolate. All of them very low in calories. Depending on the bar you get, 110 calories or 170 calories. All very low in sugar. Around 4 grams of sugar. Uh, and it's just an, an incredible energy bar that I really think is going to change the face of energy energy bars because it's 
it, it, it has a different texture to it that gives it that authentic candy bar feel. So definitely go check out BuiltBar.com right now. And at checkout, if you use the promo code locked on, you will get $10 off your first order. So put in your order, put in the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, you get $10 off your first order. And I'm telling you guys, you try it once, you are going to love these things. Builtbar.com. All right. The Athletic always does very good reporting, in my opinion. And they kind of do things like this, they just do these unofficial votes and polls they they will pull x amount of players and kind of just break down some data for you and they did one with the nhl they did 57 players from 22 different teams and among those 22 teams they broke it down into five stanley cup contenders four playoff locks eight teams on the playoff bubble and five lottery teams so really top to bottom um, on who that who they're polling for this one question. And that question is, how would you like to see the 2019-2020 season play out? 12%, 12.3% say just cancel the whole season. 20, 24.6% say go straight to the playoffs. And an overwhelming 63.2% say some regular season and the playoffs. Now, when I first saw those numbers, it didn't surprise me. Players, of course, are going to want to play. And if you, you know, combine the the 63 and the 24 percentage of uh, straight to the playoffs or summer regular season playoffs, then it bumps it up even to, you know, a, a huge number, or 88% want to play in some capacity. Only 12% are just saying don't bother with it at all, No, for this season anyway. So that makes sense. But when you break it down and really read some of their answers, they have concerns. Uh, and, and they're concerns that, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about. Um, but they bring up some interesting points. So where are they here? I'm going to kind of go through a couple of them. They don't give names. They just say Eastern Conference player, Western Conference player. And I couldn't help but wonder when they would say Western Conference player, I'm trying to think who would say that on the avalanche. So obviously I have no way of knowing, uh, but you'll, you'll see. There are a couple of things that they say. You're like, okay, who, who, one, one of the answers is like, where, when we travel, are we, are we basically like, we can only be around our team. We can't see our girlfriends. And I'm like, who on the avalanche has a girlfriend? Uh, I'm not that crazy that I'm going to go all e-channel on the avalanche, but it's still interesting nonetheless. So the big thing that the players have is, and the athletics says, uh, they, they would want to return play, but with a lot of quote unquote ifs and buts, uh, the players still have as many questions as fans and media when it comes to how a season resumed would look. So an Eastern conference player said, I don't know if I can give you a straight answer because there's so many variables. If it's not safe to play, we can't play. I think everyone wants to finish the regular season and playoffs if we're able to do so. Of course, I think everybody wants that, uh, but you you have to take a lot into play. Now, here is a Western Conference player. I want to play, but I, I'd want to know what would the isolation be like? Are we trapped in a hotel? Can I not see my girlfriend, my friends, my parents? Do we have to play all divisional game teams to make the playoffs? 
How do you play a sport when it's impossible to social distance on the ice, on the bench, in the locker room, in the workout room, heck, in the shower? The long list of problems seems endless. Agree with all of that, whoever you are, Western Conference player. A lot, a lot of players are skeptical, or I shouldn't say a lot, some players are skeptical that the season will even happen. Now, here is a, another Western Conference player. Do I think it will likely happen when he's saying uh, they want to play again but are skeptical it will happen? So he says, do I think it's likely to happen? Not really. Seems like there are too many things to overcome to make that work right now, and no one really has an answer for when it's going to end. Worst part of it is when we do come back and play, whatever team goes on to win always has an asterisk besides them. Yeah, I I do, but I don't think if you get that full season in, I don't think it takes it away from winning the Stanley Cup at all. Um, where is the one that I really, really like? So here you go. Western Conference player. For almost no revenue, this is a massive cost to try to make this happen. Now this is this is me talking now. This is a this is something that we kind of as fans, we just like, we want NHL back, you know, by hook or by crook. Doesn't matter how, just get them back on the ice. But you have to take the financials into to play here. And like this guy says, so he going back to what he's saying, unless the league wants to foot the bill for all the costs that wouldn't normally be there, it makes no sense. Uh, and this Western Conference player who voted to cancel the season. And he goes on, I mean, hotels, food, the charter, to charter the Europeans back. It's crazy. Wouldn't it make sense instead of them putting all this effort into trying to get this season going and to do all these things that don't seem possible? Wouldn't it make more sense to play this time to take this time to focus heavily on making next season run smoothly? Plan for that, have a good solid plan in place instead of panicking to try to tackle all these endless issues. Thank you. Nathan McKinnon from the Colorado Avalanche, who I'm going to assume said that because he's a smart guy, and that's what I've been saying. Why are we are we if you can do it, if it's possible to make this go seamless and you're not cramming next season in somehow, it makes no sense. I want hockey as much as anybody else does, but it doesn't make sense. I agree a hundred percent with him when he says, plan for next season. Make sure next season goes off okay. If, if, you know, we are coming down to the wire, we are into May now, and and there's no solid plan yet for a season. The, you know, it looks like the, the draft will probably, is definitely going to happen probably earlier than expected. That's all stuff that happens after the season anyway. But I just, uh, I'm with whoever said this. Uh, that, that's just my take on it. It doesn't mean I don't want hockey back. It's just, why, why are we going through all of these hoops to try to get this season in? And then next season is going to be not not catastrophic, but it's just it's just gonna it's not gonna be what that season should be because now we're we're pushing everything back into next season. Now now you've affected two seasons. Doesn't make sense. So um, they go on about playing in empty arenas. Um, one guy said, "I don't want to play playoffs without fans." When you win a cup, the best part is sharing it with all the people you want there. If I can't share it with my family or people I want there, it's not the same. If we can't have the parade because of rules or whatever, it's not the same. We uh, Would we even get the cup for a day? Do people think of those things when making the decisions? They should. Part of winning is all that. I mean, yeah. Think of, think of that scene of whoever wins the Stanley Cup 
uh, hoisting that thing around an empty stadium. I, you know, you have to take the fans into account as well. And I even read one article where they said, you know, if we don't have fans there and we play these games, they might even lose more money because you still have to open the arena. You have to pay for all of the expenses for opening in the arena. There are some staff you're going to have to have there. You have to pay that staff and you have nothing coming in. You have no ticket sales coming in. You have no concession coming in. So you're probably going to lose even more money by playing games as counterproductive as that sounds. Again, uh, I'm kind of just on the on the fence of if you can't make this happen in the very short future, which it doesn't seem like it will because we have not gotten a plan. I don't see the point. All right. So the great one was on, I believe it was a radio show, and he was asked by a, uh, a call-in question. If you were to play today, who would your line mates be? And he went on to pick Connor McDavid and Alex Ovechkin. Is that shocking? No. Maybe some people are like, oh my God, you didn't pick Sidney Crosby. Why wouldn't you pick Sidney Crosby just based on name recognition? Or I think he means like today. If you are playing today, are you taking Crosby over McDavid and Ovechkin? No. Uh, if you're Wayne Gretzky, and you were to come back today, you would want to play with uh, the young star and the, quote, old star, uh, who's still producing like crazy. So I get that. Completely understandable. And the reason he, he uh, picks those two, he says, for me, probably Connor because of his speed. He would open up the ice. And Ovechkin, because if we get him the puck, you know he's going to hit the net or at least have a chance to score. So those two guys would be fun to play with. Uh, he goes on to say, what does he say about if, if, if he played with Ovechkin, uh, the majority of his career, he would have a ton more assists. He says he admires the fact that every time he gets a chance, he usually hits the net. So if I played with him, I think I'd have more assists. It's as simple as that. And you can't argue with that. So, uh, here's, here's, and in one part, when I first read it, I'm like, how do you not mention him? But in the other part, I'm like, yeah, that's normal. That's par for the course when you're an Avalanche fan. So responding to uh, the the call, Gretzky also nominated uh, Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl. He did mention Sidney Crosby, Maple Leaf center Austin Matthews, and uh, wing Mitchell Marner, both from the Maple Leafs, before picking McDavid and Ovechkin. That's it. Who am I missing? Does does that upset you? Does not to not even get an honorable mention. To me, uh, it would it would be if if I was Nathan McKinnon, uh, and Wayne Gretzky said he would want to be on my line, or even mention me as an honorable mention of someone that you you know I would like to play. I I, I would if I were to play, uh, I would think about wanting him on my line. To me, that's better than winning the Hart Trophy. The, the greatest hockey player ever ever just said, you know, he appreciates your skill enough to be mentioned as uh, being on his line if he were to play today. But to to not, and I haven't heard the audio. I, I, it doesn't say that he goes on to say, mention anybody else. But he does say there's so many good players. It's a tough question. It is. It is. And maybe it's just in the heat of the moment. He just named the the five guys, that just four guys that came right to his head. 
And I'm sure if he if he had maybe was given the question in advance, maybe the answer would have been different. And maybe I'm reading so much into this, and I'm sure that I am. But the only reason I bring it up is because it's just another thing where uh, Colorado really doesn't get the notoriety around the league, even having uh, superstar Nathan McKinnon on the roster. And everybody knows him, but this is part of what the you know the, is going on in the NHL with with uh, Connor McDavid being the guy. And Nathan McKinnon is really that second guy. But the discrepancy between recognition between the two of them is so big that, you know, it, it, it would just have been nice to, to have heard, like I said, the great one say, I would I would consider playing Nathan McKinnon and then kind of just talk about his, his speed and opening up the ice and his skill opening up the ice. Just another, like, you know, blow to the the ego of the Colorado Avalanche fan, if they even really have an ego. <laughs> we we kind of just go, we 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 go with the wind, and uh, if you know somebody takes notice, maybe they'll take notice when they're lifting a couple Stanley Cups, and then people will take notice. But uh, like I said, it's just par for the course in the life of an Avalanche fan. So what are you gonna do? All right. You're home, you need something to watch, I am here to help. If you like weird sci-fi, but not superly overly sci-fi, and you like shows where you have to ask a lot of questions, and at some point you just give up and say, all right, I'm just going to watch this show and uh, go along for the ride, and you just tell me, you tell me the story that you want to tell, and I'm not going to try to figure it out, I'm just going to watch uh, for an hour per episode and enjoy it. And then at the end of a season, have maybe more questions than you started with. Uh, watch the OA on Netflix. In my opinion, it is one of the best Netflix original shows they've ever put out. And it's one of those shows that, and I hesitate to say this because maybe some of you won't watch it, was canceled. But I will say this. It went on for two seasons and the end of season two, a lot, there's a lot of conspiracies out there right now. The end of the second season is unlike anything that you have ever seen before in any television show. And because of that, because of, of what happens, and I'm not going to spoil anything, a lot of people think the cancellation of the show is part of the show, that it's not really canceled. And it just is a part of the narrative moving forward is the show is canceled, but it's not canceled. But Netflix is saying it's really canceled and really nobody is believing them just because of the way the season, the second season ended. Uh, If I'm confusing you, I'm sure you are confused. You need to watch it and you need to stick with it. Your couple episodes in, you're going to be like, what is going on here? Stick with it. The payoff is incredible. The the last episode of season one is one of the most epic moments I've ever seen in any television show. And season two just goes even further off the deep end. Uh, but it's such a good show. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. Definitely one of the best Netflix original shows. So uh, if it really is canceled, shame on you, Netflix. Uh, but I'm in the boat where I don't think it really is. I think it's 
part of the story. So check it out. The OA on Netflix. That will be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you on Friday. If we have any more news in the Avalanche front, obviously we'll be talking about that. If you want some news across the entire NHL, tune into Locked On NHL. And that'll be it for today, guys. We'll see you guys on Friday. And here is Miss Jovi. Go, Abs, go!